0: Moncrief on News Talk with the Dacia Duster. Shockingly affordable, and now with three months' deferred payments, too interestingly enough it's one of those things that uh, and, and and some of the reactions certainly I'm seeing on, on Twitter uh, uh, some people go Ew, disgusting how could you uh, but uh, a surprisingly large amount of people saying no it's my favourite speaking of instant coffee uh,
1: people are really smug about yeah. instant coffee aren't they like, yeah. they'll be like it, well, people who like the bean coffee the ground coffee the espresso they're smug as well but the other lot are just as smug and they, they're really like no I don't want to change I don't want to get on board with the whole new fad of it, you know.
0: Yeah, though. I mean, that that the, the coffee. Well, I suppose the coffee fad we're in now has been going on for for quite some time. If it, it was it like, has it been a situation where people back in the day drank? The uh, You know, a ground coffee. They drank real coffee and then instant coffee came along and somehow that was seen as handy.
1: I, I don't know. Like, I'm under the impression that the only place you could get espresso coffee was probably like in Bewley's or something like nice. that in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. Like, I remember when I was in sixth year in school, which would have been in the very early noughties. I remember one lad brought in a jar of carte noir. Oh, yeah. That and, Jesus yeah. he thought he was the bee's knees. Mm. Everyone thought he was really posh with this jar of instant coffee. But know? that was posh
0: instant coffee. That wasn't like, you know, you're an Escafé, cack. That no, was kind of more no. like real coffee.
1: But, yeah, but it was still like instant coffee. Like, it would be very frowned upon now. But um, there's this constant attempt, really, by instant coffee companies to portray their product as something a lot posher than it actually is mm. which is just soluble coffee granules yeah, um, which have been evaporated after you know making real coffee that's been brewed down but um there tends to be a lot of romance I was looking at a lot of the ads earlier from the 80s and 90s the old Nescafe ads the Maxwell House ads they're full of like meat cutes with kind of single men of a certain age you know uh, kind of with the, this kind of doe-eyed young woman This this constant kind of romanticising of instant coffee but it's just not yeah. romantic at all it wasn't
0: I think Cárden was David Ginola or, or, or somebody indeed and that was to kind of yeah. make it like
1: this is like sexy instant coffee really? this a sexy. whole different thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So before instant coffee, what did people drink?
1: Yeah, so... Tea. <laughs> um, well, in this part of the world, they drank tea. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> 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 but in other parts of the world, um, I'm not so sure. Um, I think that the story really begins in the late 19th century, Sean, in terms of instant coffee. Um, it's actually in Invercargill in New Zealand. Um where people think it began with a gentleman by the name of David Strang. He is said to have invented the world's first instant coffee. It was called Strang's Soluble Dry Coffee and Chicory Powder from 1890. It's funny, in my research I constantly found references to the combination of chicory Mm. with coffee. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't eat chicory on a normal day on its own. It's one of those things that you'd find in a hipster salad. Very, very strong (laughs) flavour. <laughs> you
0: know, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know why Dreadful they uh, they combine that stuff uh, with it at all. Really,
1: maybe, maybe it was, it was a preservative or something. or perhaps as a preservative. Yeah. Anyway, um, things really kick off in 1901. Just ten years later. And this is kind of the more famous origin story of instant coffee, is with a Japanese inventor called Satori Kato or Kato. He was a Japanese scientist working in Chicago and he launched his soluble coffee. Um, there and he revealed his process which was to remove the oil and the fat from the coffee and to reduce it to a hard substance and then dry it using the vacuum evaporation process so that you ended up with these kind of crystals that you could rehydrate afterwards. His theories were adopted by a man with the very famous name of George Washington, George Louis Washington and he basically produced the world's first mass-produced instant coffee. He got a contract to supply his instant coffee to the American soldiers um, in World War I Ah. uh, in Europe. And when those soldiers came back to the United States, they came back with an appetite for instant coffee that they had been given for free for a number of years during the European conflict and so there was a ready market and uh, and it became very, very popular from there. Now obviously, you know, um, in a lot of the 20th century, instant coffee was a really, really popular product and huge business for companies like Nes- Nescafe, but now the instant coffee business, it's only about 25% of the overall coffee consumer business worldwide. Still right. a lot of money, but...
0: Yeah, because it, but it's interesting that point about American soldiers returning home because one would always have the view of of of, of uh, Americans that they always, you know, there was always a pot of a pot of coffee on the stove kind of thing that they wouldn't countenance making instant coffee.
1: I know, but like it's actually so hard to get a decent cup of coffee in America I remember being in a cafe in Mississippi and having to go back up to, like I'm just going to come across as such a coffee snob now having to go up back up to the, the barista bar five times to ask for another shot to be put into it because it was just so weak American coffee is really weak I don't right. know
0: why yeah okay uh uh yeah, but I suppose that you know it, it varies. Anyway, uh, they, so so uh, so the, 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 a demand is created out of World War One for instant coffee. Yes. Uh, uh, then what happens?
1: Okay. Then a little company by the name of Nestle comes along and changes the industry forever. And I mean that very sincerely. They really made it what it is today. Um, They were contacted by the Brazilian government, actually, um, who said, look, we have a massive surplus of coffee. Um, It's the biggest, still to this day, Brazil is the biggest coffee-producing country in the world, and all that coffee surplus is getting spoiled, and we think that, is there a way that we can use this to bolster the Brazilian economy? Nestlé sent a group of scientists to Brazil, and they worked on it for years to try and come up with uh, a way to create a cheap but tasty, long lasting, with decent shelf life coffee, instant coffee product. And what they did was they applied their spray drying method. And this is really key to understanding how instant coffee works. They had used the spray dry method for their powdered milk, which of course is a big part of Ness, Nestle's business. And um, basically, what they did was they replicated this for coffee. So they took a very large chamber. A sealed chamber, and from this there was a hose at the top which sprayed a very fine mist of brewed concentrated coffee into this chamber, which was filled with very warm, dry air. And as that coffee mist fell through the chamber, it evaporated. And what landed at the bottom of the chamber was small round crystals of coffee concentrate that you could rehydrate. And this was a revolutionary process to be applied to the coffee industry for the first time. And... The product of that experiment was Nescafe, Hmm. which, of course, is one of the oldest brands of instant coffee and is still very popular today.
0: Yeah, and and, and to this day then, essentially, is instant coffee all made in that kind of freeze-drying way?
1: No, that's spray-drying. Right, oh, right, okay, So freeze-drying came a little bit later. But to answer your question, you're absolutely right. Uh, A lot of instant coffee to this day is spray-dried. Um, but a lot of it is also freeze-dried. I think it seems to be around 50-50. Freeze-drying came after World War II. As we've seen many times on this slot, uh, Sean, you'll often find technological innovations that took place during World War II then get applied to sort of peacetime objectives, more civilian objectives, after the the conflict comes to an end. And that's exactly what happened with the freeze-drying process, with um, a laboratory in Massachusetts decided to apply it to coffee. And the brilliant thing about freeze drying is that it's all about the sublimation process, which means that you can convert or you can um, melt frozen slabs of coffee uh, bypassing the liquid phase. So it goes from ice to vapour, leaving these dried coffee granules. That's what freeze drying is all about. And... um, uh, And would that be better? Uh, Well, people think it is better because it's more expensive. The freeze drying process is more expensive. And that's why spray drying is more common uh, than freeze drying to this day. But we, you know, in common parlance, people tend to talk about freeze dried products. You don't really hear people talk about spray dried products, even though that process is more common. Right. How interesting. And. I assume then that the, the you
0: know have we moved out of the golden age of instant coffee, given that we, you know coffee is so fetishized now and everybody has can buy one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Like you'll you, what you'll find now is that the instant coffee market has changed to trying to kind of portray itself as offering a premium coffee beverage. So it, it uses the images and the the marketing principles of brewed coffee. So say your um, Nescafe Aziras and things like that. Well, like they're still instant coffee products, but the language that they use, the imagery that they use, is trying to borrow from the kind of, um, the, I suppose, the snobbery of Kind of brewed espresso yes, type coffee, course. but then Nespresso is a really interesting one because, you know, some people might argue that well, is Nespresso an instant coffee or is that no? Um, I think it's actual a,
0: coffee that's 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 just
1: in a pod. Yeah, but what's the difference? Because is it like it's not fresh? It hasn't been ground that morning, has it?
0: No, that's a good point. Actually, no. So but it's has got a it's crossover problem yeah, it's been sealed and ways. it kind of percolates through. So percolation takes place. But yeah, you're right. It's not. Yeah, you wouldn't strictly call it a freshly ground coffee I don't think so I think
1: it's sort of attempting to be a kind of a a crossover between the two worlds but it is a a the world of instant coffee is a remarkable lesson in advertising I mean it's just extraordinary the ads that we've even had in Ireland and so many of them uh, you know, Maxwell House, Nass Cafe. we grew up with those brands. And it goes to show that in Ireland in, in the 80s and 90s, it was all about instant coffee. I'd love if our listeners knew of anywhere in Ireland that you could get an espresso coffee during that period.
0: Yeah, right. Alex says the coffee grounds are still left in the pod. This is an espresso now at the end. Big, big difference between the pods and instant coffee. Says Alex, uh, the it's chicory root that's put in coffee, not the leaves, as per the salad. Says uh, one text, and ah, someone okay. uh, someone else says uh, in South Africa, coffee is generally blended with chicory, and it's delicious.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, someone else says, I remember in the fifties making co- a coffee drink for, uh, from from I- Irel coffee essence. Instant coffee was a luxury. Uh, Yeah, back then it probably was. Uh, Now, I'd say tomorrow, uh, Simon Tierney uh, will be having quite a few coffees because you're on air uh,
1: covering the uh, uh, election. When do you start? When do you finish? And what will you be doing? We start at 11pm, a special election night edition of Race to the White House. And we're going to go through until uh, probably around half two, with the thinking being that uh, we'll have got a good view of the swing states by then. But this isn't a traditional election. Who knows if we're going to get any results at all? Hopefully, we will get some tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, no, the scary, the scary thought of this is a traditional election uh, for, for <laughs> yes. future generations. Simon Tierney, thanks a million for coming into us uh, and race to the White House. As you heard, there starts uh, tomorrow night, at eleven o'clock. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that. When Cromwell banned Christmas. Moncrief on News Talk
1: with the Dacia Range. Drive away today with no payments for the first three months.